0: We get asked all the time regarding the big around-the-world trip that we took and are still on, we get asked, you know, how do we do it? How did we pull it off? So today, I thought I would pull back the curtain a little bit and explain some of the tools and tricks that we are using to have the trip of a lifetime, and perhaps um, it you can get closer than you think. I think any discussion of trying to do extended travel has to include the idea of passive income investments. And <clears throat> that's one thing we have been working on for quite a while. and In the States, we like to do real estate. And we actually met a couple from England, and they they like to do all sorts of things. But real estate's kind of one of the arrows in their quiver, so to speak. They do some Bitcoin stuff, and we secretly think maybe they're Bitcoin millionaires or something. Who knows? Hopefully they sold when it was sky high. But for us, uh, real estate was a way to... Um, sort of build up that passive income. And people use different terms. They call it cash flow in in real estate. And I did um, talk to one of my friends recently who didn't understand the concept of cash flow. And so you have to understand that concept. So if you buy an asset like a house and you look at how much it costs you every month to own the house, if you could rent it out for more money, your positive cash flow and that can be passive income but you know residential real estate itself is not always as passive as people would like and i know there have been several major holidays where i have had to do run an open house on on one of our rentals on new year's day in fact, New Year's Day, I've done it twice. I don't know what, what the deal is with that. Um, you know, talk about a rough New Year's Day. But, you know, that goes with the territory. And I haven't had to do it on Christmas yet. Um, my, my daughter came with me one of the times. And it's not terrible, but it's something that you just have to know that you're, you're going to have to do. And you can go long periods of time with one of these rentals, and things seem great. And then you can have a couple of days where all hell breaks loose and you're replacing major things, you know, that set you back a really long time. So the key to to using real estate as passive income, especially when you're traveling, is you you need to try to buy a lot of units. Um my friend uh Ronan uh Truesdale in Boulder, he likes to he's a Commercial real estate agent and an investor, and he likes to say, "You, the key is uh, find a deal that cash flows and then repeat it many, many times." So that seems very simple, but that should be your mindset. And so, if you're going to be out taking a trip for a long period of time, at least maybe you make a little bit of money while you're out on the road. And I'll talk about that more in in a little bit. But I think one of the other tricks to the to the whole idea is most people in the United States um, who might consider something like this they own a house and you know Robert kiyosaki will when he gives a presentation he's the rich dad poor dad guy he'll he'll come out and he'll ask the audience um, he'll he'll open his presentation with a uh, liability versus asset discussion in Alaska. You know, what's your most important asset? And most of the people say their their house, and he believes the opposite, and that will in en- that enrages him and gets him gets him going. He thinks that your your primary residence is actually a liability. It's a it's a cash flow liability if you. You know, If you treat your life like a balance sheet, every month you're spending money to own that house, and it's, so it's a liability. It's not making you any money. And I think people get carried away with the idea that maybe the house has some sort of value. But look, I mean, unless you're selling the house, um, you don't need to really worry about the value of it. I mean, ha, ha, home values historically go up and down, with uh, trends, with inf- um, cyclical, you know, boom bust cycles, we've all seen it. We all know that the United States is is prone to those. The way we set things up with our monetary policy and our thirty year fixed mortgages, but there is a historical trend line that the homes, home values in the U.S. generally return to after these boom-bust cycles, and so um, I think people get lulled into this idea that the, that your primary residence is a, um asset when, in fact, it's a liability. And it's especially a liability if you try to go leave the country for a couple of months, and you have to make your mortgage payment. So, the only answer to that is you have to rent your primary residence out, assuming you can do it with your HOA bylaws, which, I haven't heard of an HOA that won't allow you to do a long-term rental on your house. They might um, prohibit uh, STRs, short-term rentals. Those are like one week at a time or something like that, like an Airbnb situation. And you have to look into that. But but as long as you can do a long-term rental, then you can rent out your primary residence and have somebody else float your mortgage payment. And in fact, that's what we did. And... I wrote a blog post about that that you can check out. It'll be in the show notes. Um, you can be the second person to read it after me. But it gives you some step by step pointers on what it requires to do that. It's not something you do the week before you're going to leave. <laughs> the number one uh, tip I give, I tell people, is that it, you got to start early. And that's something that uh my wife's very good at, and we've created some methods over the years because we tend to rent our primary residence out a lot, and that's that really helps us uh travel and not have that albatross hanging over your head while you're while you're out on the road. but every time we rent our house out um to go take a trip somewhere, we inevitably say that it's the last time we're gonna do it because it's so much work inevitably we do it again and i'm happy to report that it does get easier and this past time we had to get our house ready for to be gone for an entire year and um we did a pretty good job you know i've uh, i've never given birth but it's kind of it's kind of like that you know i think it's incredibly painful but um uh, women still have other children so you sort of forget it you know you forget how bad it was <laughs> but renting out your primary residence will give you so much more freedom to uh to travel and it comes with its own headaches but you know you you need to be very careful screening the tenants of your own house for sure you know you don't want to piss your neighbors off you can you can even let them in on it and tell them, you know, hey, this is what we're going to do. That's what we did this last time. You know, we didn't want them to think we moved or something bad happened anyway, you know, cuz we're we're pretty good friends with our neighbors. So, um, this is not for everybody because you know, we've talked to people that we we say we um, do that and they can't imagine getting their house rent ready, you know, to move all your stuff move the old magazine collections and um, you know, in my blog posts I talk about some ways to handle that and you know, I'm, I'm no um, I'm no monk or anything, but trying to be a little less uh, or a little more minimalistic and, and try to accumulate less, you know, stuff over the years. I mean, I'm always trying to trend toward that approach, but you know, I like my toys like everyone, so I don't want to be too sanctimonious about that. I love that word sanctimonious. I feel like I feel like if you use that word sanctimonious, you're being sanctimonious and then of course, the other thing is where are you gonna travel? you know if you come to Southeast Asia, for instance, you can probably spend a lot more time out on the road, and so there's that balance that you that you have to have um you know we uh we we were in Norway earlier in our trip Iceland Norway and Sweden they sort of the murderer's row of uh cost of living and you ain't staying in those places very long I'm telling you you know we couldn't we had to get out of there pretty quickly but you know Southeast Asia is great yeah, you know, I don't know what the cost of living is in in Vanuatu. Uh, I haven't been to Mali, West Africa, recently. You know, Tbilisi, Georgia. I mean, that place is probably expensive now, for all for all I know. But you know, look into it. Um, we talk to people and read reviews, and sometimes when people say a place is great, they literally just mean it's cheap it's like that's all that's all they're saying that's all they're looking for is just like cheap but you kind of have to enjoy it and you know the uh the aging backpacker in me i mean i'm still so in- intrigued and intoxicated by a super cheap destination i mean that's like the dream but lo and behold my uh my wife res- refuses to sleep on a bed of hay. And you know, if I'm being honest with myself, I don't want to sleep on hay either. So that eliminates the super cheap destinations. So you got to strike a balance there. But going back to the idea of passive income, I mean, if you, if you can't set up any passive income streams, um, like I said, we did real estate, but it took us a long time. I mean, it's not an overnight thing. You got to build, you got to work up to that. Um, but if you can't build up any of those streams, I mean, it's going to be hard to to go take a trip. Um, a lot of people have asked us while we've been traveling, you know, are you, so did you just save up a bunch of money and now you're just out spending your savings? And, um, the answer is no. I mean, that's, you know, obviously you have to have some savings there as a cushion, but you know, I, I can't imagine just doing nothing but drawing down your savings. Um, I think for me, um, that would not be a very fun trip. Um, I, I would find myself penny pinching, penny pinching more than I you know already do, which is quite a lot. I think that my family would find me intolerable at that point. And so, fortunately, we we were able to use some of our income, the passive income, so we didn't have to go draw drawing down savings. Uh, I think that would be ultra depressing and not something I want to do. But in, you know, I did do, um, I did another blog post, uh, about that, about how to kind of find these passive income streams and, um, and it's difficult. You, it's hard to make a lot of money on a single thing. So you have to, you have to kind of do the shotgun approach. And I think, I think the bond market in the U S right now is, is like super hot um, that's like the sexy market right now, which is crazy. Um, I think the, the U S uh, treasury website, website, I was reading it, it crashed recently. That's a, that's a big surprise. Government website crashing. Wonder how long it's going to take him to get that back online. Like six months. I may try to dip my toe into, into the bond market. I always I had always associated bond, bonds with uh you know, old guys in sport coats at, you know, country clubs, drinking Arnold Arnold Palmer's bond market. It's kind of a kind of musty smelling. Yeah, I've been looking at um tea bills. You know, those are short duration, anything under a year I guess it's called a tea bill. So that's interesting. I'll keep you posted on that. There's, um, you know, I was looking at a bank in Singapore that was spitting off a juicy 3% interest rate. Uh, never pulled the trigger on that. And you got the standard, you know, mutual fund, you got dividends in there, but anything I ever looked at just, gave these sobering minuscule returns but you know that's the world we live in it's ultra small returns and um, but if you can grab some of them and you can get down to a cheap place where you don't have to sleep on hay then uh, you can uh, travel quite a bit and I'll keep talking about concepts like this Um, yes we we do we did purchase family health insurance that's a big one you know people in the states that's like the first thing they think about and um, I get it but yeah we we have insurance so don't worry don't worry